Something, maybe. Good. All right, so we have gone through a number of signs, looking at the signs of God, that the way he reveals himself in life, in everyday life, people can discover God and really hard to miss him in the things around us. So today we are looking at the Word of God, and we've looked at one aspect of that before. This time we're going to look at the sign of the Word of God and uh, in its absence. So let's take a look at how God uses His Word in powerful ways, and He brings life, and then He also will withhold His Word in ways that can get people's attention or reflect that he has removed his hand from them or it is judgment that has come upon people. So let's take a look at the sign of the word of God. So no word from the Lord. This is from Amos chapter 8 verse 11. The time is surely coming, says the sovereign Lord, when I will send a famine on the land, not a famine of bread or water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. So there's a, a time when God has seen uh, the people have rebelled enough. They have pushed back against what he has said. He has offered them instruction to help them live life to the fullest. And they said, no, we don't want that. And he says, then I will withhold my word, his word. And if you are considering the the power of that, he spoke all that we know, all that exists in this universe into existence by his words. His word brought all of this about. He brings by his word, his promises, his, his spoken instruction, uh, exactly what we need to live life. He gave to the people of Israel the the commands, the laws, the details, the direction in, in which they needed to travel when they left Egypt. He brought them out of slavery and was breaking them away from the gods, the culture that they knew there, and bringing them to himself. And he gives them this instruction so that they can live a healthy life, avoid disease, function well with one another, do well in, in commerce and in the overall economy, they would do better in terms of their right relationships with the nations around them. They would be distinct. They would work six days and have a seventh day off. That may not, have, that may not stand out to you because our culture would prefer three days off and just work four or not work at all. And so we've got this whole different concept. That has not been the case in cultures around the world. And if you're an agricultural society, you work all you can, all the, every day. And you put in all the time to make sure that everything's going to work, everything's going to function. For them to take one day off was remarkable, unusual. It made them stand out. Why did God do that? It gave them a time to connect with him, time to refresh, a time to be renewed. And everyone else is doing seven days a week and using up every hour that they could to survive. And Israel would blossom and take off in unique ways 
flourishing because of what God has told them to do, and they're doing things that the culture around them would not. He gave them instructions, and we're dealing with Amos here, so that's Old Testament. That would be the Hebrew people getting instruction from God. This was for their benefit, for them to enjoy life to the fullest, and they said, no, we want to go with the culture. We want to go, well, that's not how I feel about it. So they thought that their thoughts, their feelings, the culture around them, the way things were unfolding was more important and more beneficial than what God had to say. And unfortunately, we've done that too. And we do it as individuals. So this, he's speaking to a group here, but consider this an individual reality. If we reject the Lord, we go our own way, we think we're more clever, we have the answers, and he says, read the book. You won't get anything out of it. Because now it is just a dull, boring... And how many people have gone through that and said, you know, I've tried to have in those quiet time devotions, getting up, people tell me I need to read the book. I read the book and I go, you know, I, I've read that same paragraph over and over, five, six times now. I still not, I'm not getting anything. Because our minds are wandering. We're thinking about all the stuff we need to fix. We're, and God said, listen to me. Listen to me. And my word will penetrate and it will bring you life. Because I spoke life into existence. It's my word. And we just play with it. I don't really get that much out of it. So ask yourself, in those moments, may not be today, but in those moments, has God withheld his word? Is it now a time of drought? Not because of the times, not because of pandemic, not because of the job, not because of somebody over in Africa did something or somebody in China did something, you have disconnected from the living God and responding to him and his word. And God said, that's it. I'm just pulling it back. And the drought comes. And then what do you do? I mean, you, if there's no, like in a true famine, no food, no water, Where's your nutrition? Where's the energy? Where's your foggy, foggy brain? You get weak. That's exactly what happens spiritually, emotionally. It begins to affect our relationships. You know, we short-tempered and we take it out on other people and we're paranoid and all the things that begin to enter into our lives. And you go, wow. It's all because I decided to take a break and turn on my living, on the God of heaven and do my thing and reject his word. And it's a bad place to be, which is what the people of Amos' day discovered. Searching for the word, Amos 8.12, the very next verse, people will stagger from sea to sea and wander from border to border searching for the word of the Lord, but they will not find it. When they finally discover or realize, wow, we've decided to not listen to the Lord. And I, uh, this is one of the amazing things. If you put on a conference, and, th and this has been true for, for years, and just continues to be a, a hot topic. You put on a conference somewhere, especially for, for young people, high school, college, age, uh, a Christian conference, and you provide a seminar or a session 
on how to find the will of God. What's the direction? What, what, what is God's purpose for me? That will be the most full, the most uh, attended, the most attentive group because that is what people want to know. So you remove the word of God and here are these people staggering from sea to sea looking for the word of God, wanting to know, okay, God, I'm here, so what is it you want from me? What do you want me to do? What is your will for me? You can't find it. Why is that? Somewhere in the course, and this isn't true for because there's a learning process as well, but this is in the case of the famine. People, people have decided, I don't want to hear it. I don't really want to hear it. But then when I get to that point, well, is this God's will for me? Or if somebody gets sick, should I pray for that healing? Or is that, what's God's will there? Because now there's, a, there's pressure. Oh, I need that job. What, what am I going to do about that? I need God's will now. Rejecting him in every other area, doing whatever they think is right in their own minds, their own eyes, and God saying, you haven't listened. You haven't listened to one thing I've said. Now you want this answer on this issue right now, right here, and then you say that I am nowhere to be found and that you can't get a right, an answer from me. Okay. I will just withdraw, hold my word back. You experience a famine, and you can look, but you're not going to find it because you haven't been open, you haven't been willing, you haven't listened to the words that I've given you that bring life. It's a frightening thing. And if you know, if if you've experienced that, or if you know people who have, or if you look around the culture, it doesn't take long to see it. What happens when that famine of the word takes place, reaches into people's lives? Doesn't always, um, it's not all the time everywhere, so it's, it's in places and at certain times, and we, we can identify that here in First in Samuel. Still the early days of Israel while they're in the land, and this is rare times, First Samuel chapter 3, verse 1. Meanwhile, the boy Samuel served the Lord by assisting Eli. And here's the part that applies to this. Now, in those days, messages from the Lord were very rare, and visions were quite uncommon. Which means that the messages from the Lord at some time were common. Visions were common. Things were going on. God was communicating and giving them direction. We have that earlier. We have it in the book of Exodus. We have it with Moses. We have, those. We have that. And with Samuel coming, it's, going to, it's just about in the same chapter for Samuel 3. It's going to take off once again. But he's talking about, nope, I shut it down. God said, stop the visions. Stopped it. Stop the messages. So the people have gone their own way. The book of Judges gives us a clue they're all doing what's right in their own eyes and they're just going at each other they're they're destroying the very thing God is trying to do to build them up to bless them and that's again what happens even in individuals when when we decide I'm going to turn my back on the Lord I'm going to do what I want to do I want to 
do it the way I think it ought to be done. This is, this is, this is how I growed up. This is how, how my culture did it. This is the way we think. It's how it is in my family. When you stand before Jesus and you use those excuses, they will not fly. I'm just giving you a heads up. He doesn't care what your family did. If you're not listening to him, it's a problem. If you want to live a blessed life now, you listen to his word now. You don't go, well, that's just not how I feel. It's not how, you know, I didn't have that kind of education. I never went to Sunday school. Or the Sunday school I went to didn't say that. Go, really doesn't matter. What matters is there's the word of God that's available. If you listen to it, you listen to him, amazing things happen. So one of the signs here is that he is communicating. And we talked, that's an earlier message He's communicating, but also a sign of God is that he stops communicating and he withholds that information. Again, it can be individual, it can be a group, in this case the nation, it can be a, a church or a denomination. It can just, God can choose exactly when, where, how many, and he, he wants to communicate. He desires to make things known to his people to all people, because he wants people to come to know him. So he wants that communication out there, and it's available all the time because it's available in a creation, and we can see it when we open our eyes and our spiritual eyes are open, and also from the scriptures when we open up our hearts to the scriptures. But when we, we reject his wisdom, his truth, and we reject him in the process, he just turns it off, and that's what happened here. And, and when Samuel shows up, God says, there's somebody I can trust with my word, and I will talk to him. And then it begins to open up, and then prophets begin to come, and then there's a school of prophets, and it becomes a thing in Israel again where God is communicating more widely. But this, in this case, yeah, we've had a season of famine, and it had stopped. So it's probably not where we want to go, but it is a sign want to watch for it. Watch for it in ourselves. When we evaluate ourselves, look for it in the culture around us and people around us. And, you know, they're struggling. Um, this is sad. If you read many of the, uh, there's Christian commentaries that come down, come down the road. And they will have all kinds of things to say about the scriptures. Don't just pick those up randomly. Let me just tell you, some of those people who are commenting, maybe they know some Hebrew, they may know some Greek, but they also may not be necessarily listening to the Lord. So when they begin to write about what the scriptures are saying or what this scripture means, it's coming from a place of famine. They're sharing from their famine, their emptiness, what God has said. And they have no clue because they're coming from a place where it's just empty, empty words, empty, uh, the connections in history and culture are missing because God stopped talking to them. They don't hear from God. There is no vision and it's missing. There are people who are walking with God who write commentaries and that is very helpful because they have background and knowledge and they've been trained and they have experience that, that are very good for everyone to, to enter into. 
but just randomly picking one up, even if it's a, from a famous author or a, uh, a guy with multiple doctorates. And, you know, but this, it's missing something because he's coming from a place of famine. So just be careful when you get into the Word. Not every commentary is equal. There's some, you want life, right? And the Scriptures offer life. So that's a place to go. Otherwise, we get somebody like who's assisting Eli. Samuel served the Lord by assisting Eli. Eli and his boys are at the tabernacle where the sacrifices of Israel are made. And they are not listening to the Lord. They are not doing what he told them to do. They're not following the commands. And yet they're in a religious position and they probably wrote the books and the commentaries that the people had. Don't really know that. Making that up. Anyway... Who wants to listen to them? God's about to wipe them out. That happens here real quick. He raises up Samuel to do something different. Anyway, just know that the famine of the word is a sign. And if you are at a point where God, I just don't get anything out of the word, just go look in a mirror and say, God, I am sorry. I needed to look at myself a little more deeply, and I need to get in line with what you want and quit doing my thing. And if you see it in someone else, you don't have to correct them all. It's just if you hear it in conversation and something's going on, they, yeah, I just don't get anything out of the Word. You go, wow. There's a famine. Something's happened. And God has withdrawn his, his spirit from that Word and is no longer alive for them. The Word, Matthew chapter 8, verse 8. Now this is Jesus encountering... Uh, a man whose servant is, is, uh, is sick, he wants him to come, and, and he realizes that Jesus can just speak a word. So this is the word at work. So this is the word that brings life. It straightens things out, things that are uh, broken or ill, things that, and it can travel immediately, which is what happens in this case. So Jesus is, is approached, and, he, and, and this man says, just say the word, and my servant will be healed. And that's exactly what happened. He spoke the word, bam. And he found out it was exactly the time that they had met, and Jesus spoke the word. He didn't have to travel. It doesn't, it doesn't travel at the speed of sound or the speed of light. It is instantaneous, and God's word accomplishes his purposes whenever and wherever he wants it to do so. He brings life. He brings, he brings correction. So he corrected this body. So now the, the healing takes place. It's the word that brings that. It's the word that encounters and, and, and enters us and changes things. And it enters the culture around us and changes things. It is the word of God. And, and it's just God saying. It's Jesus saying. It's just, if he just says it, bam, it happens. So it's really important for us to be engaged with God's word, with his promises, with the things he's saying, with where he wants to take us, how he wants to direct us, how he wants to bring life into us. It, it's, it, as we allow him to do that, things can happen. He may choose to do it over time. He may chisel away some things in our lives. But he can also do it just like this, in an immediate moment of, bam, the power of God shows up 
It's a word of God coming alive at work in an individual. And it is an amazing thing to say. Choose famine over this seems ridiculous to me. This is amazing. Ah, blessed. Isaiah chapter 66, verse 2. My hands have made both heaven and earth, God says. They have everything in them, and everything in them are mine. I, the Lord, have spoken. I will bless those who have humble and contrite hearts, who tremble at my word. I will bless those who have humble and contrite hearts, who tremble at my word. So the scriptures are, are available. They're available in print. Many people will have them on their, on their smartphones. They are available everywhere, all over the world. The scriptures are available. So when you talk to people about reading scripture, do you often hear them say things that make you think they tremble at God's word? That when God speaks, when, his, when he reveals himself, who he is, his character, what he does, what he's planning on doing, do they tremble? Do you tremble at his word? Because he is speaking life. He is speaking truth. He's the one who spoke this universe here, the physical universe, into existence. He's the one who will speak again. Trumpets will sound. Jesus comes back and this thing changes. He will speak. So do you tremble at his word? Or do you look at those promises or those corrections or those instructions and say, well, maybe. Yeah, I just really don't get that. I don't think that applies to me. I know somebody it applies to, but it doesn't apply to me. Do you tremble? Because only those who are humble and have contrite hearts are going to fall on their faces before the living God and say, no, your word is superior. You are supreme. And what you say is what really matters. Your opinion is what matters. I need to get in line with you. And quit trying to make you get in line with me. And I need to tremble at your word. So when he says it in the scriptures, when he speaks it into our hearts, when we hear it spoken around us, our hearts should be open to that. What if they aren't? What if we are so hardened and so dismissive of God's word because we're not humble? not contrite of heart. We don't think we've done anything wrong anyway. We've got it all together. We just need God to fix a couple of things, mostly fix those other people. And if he did, everything would be great. And he says, you enjoy famine. Let me share that with you for a while. They go, I, I don't know, I do quiet time, I really don't get anything out of this. Do you think the person who is humble and has a contrite heart, trembles at his word, gets anything out of a few minutes in the scriptures with the living God in the morning as they begin their day? Yeah, they do. Changes everything. Opens up the door to heaven. Opens up our heart to the spirit, to his work, to the power that can happen at a spoken word in an instant. And life comes. 
because he's spoken his word. The signs, the word is working, people are trembling in their hearts, sign that nothing's happening, no less God, no less character, no less power. He just withholds it, and there's a famine. Both indicate God is who he said he is, and God is at work accomplishing his purposes. God's word is a sign of God. God's word is powerful and effective. He will do what he chooses to do. He will accomplish what he chooses to do in the, in the time and place where he chooses to do it, with whom he chooses to do it, and it will be effective. God's word gives life and brings life change. It is his word as we take his word and we become more and more uh, like his son and, and we begin to take on characteristics that are more godly, more in tune with who we were designed to be from the very beginning. And the more we become who we really are, the more we enjoy life. We are more fulfilled. There's more delight in every breath. All of it comes together. And he is wanting to make that happen for all of us as we walk with him in his kingdom, in this life. He wants that to happen. And it's only a setup for the good stuff that's yet to come. God's word rejected reveals rebellion. God's word rejected reveals rebellion in us as individuals or in a church or in a culture. It just shows up and we can go, wow. Yep, you can see it. You can see the handprint of God on, on that situation, on those people, on a group of people. God's word withheld is judgment. When he pulls it back, and, and I mean, there are seminaries, pl places where they train pastors that have rejected the word, and God has just pulled it back. There is a famine. They still write books. They still send people out to be in the pulpits and churches. God has removed it, and they have no clue. And they really don't know what they're talking about, but they're all over the place, and they don't even know. And God has so much more, even for them. But you have to be humble and contrite of heart and tremble at his word. And that's missing. So pray for those who are in that famine. Or if you're in that famine, we'll pray for you. Because that is a dark, lonely place to be. And God has so much more. And he wants to bring it to his people. He wants to bring it to the people in this planet, in this life, so that we all might enjoy the fullness of that Jesus came to bring so that we can live in this life. Ups and downs, storms, doesn't matter. We can live that life here and now. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the things that you've done with your word, through your word. Thank you for speaking and creating all of this, all of us. Thank you for the life that is given through your word. Oh, Lord, sanctify us by your word. Your word is truth. Thank you for Jesus, the Word, who has come and become flesh and walked among us. Thank you for the truth shared so that we might live. Lord, move among us now. Point out anything that might stand in the way, that we might be humble and contrite and tremble at your Word. Lord, that we might rejoice when we hear your Word 
spoken, when you speak it into our hearts, when we read it in the scriptures, Lord, open us, open the eyes of our heart that we might truly see and understand. Lord, heal us where we're broken. Lord, the physical infirmities, the emotional uh, hurts and wounds, Lord, the mental struggles, I pray that you would move among us and heal those. And Lord, that we would spiritually come into closeness and to union with you because there is no one else like you and there is no life better than with you. Lord, we are truly brought into this place of undeserved privilege to be in a family, in a fellowship with you. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, Amen.